This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Steve Brandy on WDAN News. This newscast brought to you by Right Seating and Air. Call Frank at 217-442-4027. He always answers the phone. Well, it's been a busy news week. Anybody that missed this, let's look back one final time. Danville High School wrapped up Black Heritage Month the morning of February 28th with an assembly filled with awards and entertainment. Students A.J. Darnell, Tavion Diltz, and Curtis Beasley IV served as MCs. Following the program in a loud Dick Van Dyke auditorium as students were filing out, Diltz talked about what being a co-host meant to him. Coming on as a junior, it means a lot that I can put on for my show. I can voice it myself and other others, but I can show that you don't have to be scared to get on the stage and do whatever you want. For senior Curtis Beasley IV, he sees this year's Black Heritage Month Assembly and all of its expanded entertainment as setting the tone for the future at Danville High School. Just being able to get out here and do this for the first time is like groundbreaking for what the future can bring. It seems as though we went over the top, but there's going to be much more to come in the future. And the more that DHS can learn to adapt to things like this and the more we can let our students work on things like this, it'll just be great. And I'm excited for the future and what we're leaving behind for the next generation of students. And plenty of pictures from Wednesday morning's Black Heritage Month Assembly at Danville High School on our website, vermilioncountyfirst.com. Well, with the new growing season coming up, the Vermilion County Farm Bureau hosted members at a workshop yesterday concerning cover crops. But much more than cover crops came up. One topic brought up by Dan Schaefer of the Illinois Fertilizer and Chemical Association was that the Environmental Protection Agency is now paying closer attention to the enforcement of the Endangered Species Act. Schaefer says this is in response to substantial lawsuits brought about by environmental groups. One thing going on is that pesticide packages will gradually have labels where farmers are not supposed to use that product unless they have a certain amount of total credits for doing things that can help protect endangered plants and animals. Schaefer says these labels on pesticides will not all show up at once, but after each individual pesticide is re-registered with the EPA. One major question, of course, is how strictly will this be policed? Schaefer says that remains to be seen. I don't know. Not yet. Everything's still being, the lawsuit's going on. The EPA's going to have, as they look at new relabeling of everything, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. I don't know where this is going to go. I'm just saying we need to be aware that they've not enforced the Endangered Species Act over the years. They've been sued now, and they're going to be forced to abide by the, the endangered species. One of the things you can earn credits for is by planting cover crops between growing seasons, which can lead to advantages such as preventing soil erosion and nutrient runoff. Following the Thursday workshop, Schaefer told Newhoff Media that cover crop usage should be a mainstream thing, but farmers need to understand it is worth the effort, not to mention a learning curve that's needed, such as for when to plant the cover crops, how soon before planting the cash crop to remove them, and what works best with a farmer's individual soil. With any, any voluntary practice we're doing, we've got to have buy-in from the grower to, to implement these practices. We can guarantee you that we can reduce tile nitrates with a cover crop, and we can do it actually every other year. We can reach our, our reduction, our nutrient loss reduction, but we've got to have implementation and adoption of these practices by the growers. Common cover crops include cereal, rye, and barley, along with vegetables such as radishes and turnips. Well, staying on the farm for a moment and going to a statewide perspective, challenged by everything from droughts to record input prices, 
Illinois farmers might not have imagined they'd finish the fall of 2023 with one of their strongest crops. According to Illinois Farm Bureau Vice President Evan Haltine, the year proved the power of technology because farmers could compensate for dry spells one lasting seven weeks. It wasn't record yields, but it was pretty darn good corn yield. While corn remained on an upward trend, soybeans missed the mark for a slight disappointment, Haltine said, noting both corn and soybeans are primarily used for livestock and biofuel. I mean, I would say in general, uh, across the state, um, people were, were pleasantly surprised with the, the yield. The economy also proved a stress point as inflation spiked input costs like seeds while crops encountered decreased demand. As farmers enter 2024 with good moisture levels, he said there's hope for another year of strong crops. Remember Danville's Got Talent tonight at 6.30 at the Fisher Theater from the Vermilion County First.com News Studios. I'm Steve Brandy. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.